I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Do 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 da da bow ba dow wow 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 do ba ba do ba do boo how ba ba da 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 ba da bow bow ba ba do ba ba bow bow ba ba down ba ba bow da da down ba bow bow ba down wow wow da ba da ba da ba ba da la da da ba ba da ba da ba da ba bow. Well, that is the royalty-free version of the theme to Sex in the City, the subject of today's episode of Pilots, the podcast. So... Uh, let's jump right in, shall we? No, no. We've got to address that this should have been a video podcast just for your dancing during that. I've never seen you do anything close to dancing, and that was a visual spectacular. <laughs> it was an experience. That was a spectacle. <laughs> I feel good, too. I, do you? Now, yeah, I'm not a dancer, as everybody knows, because I tell everybody. Um, and uh, and now I get it. I'm starting to understand why people say oh, that that feeling you get when you're dancing. Yes. You know? I think the feeling is being winded. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not the one. So this is my first time seeing Sex and the City at all. This is my first time seeing the pilot to Sex and the City. Okay. Which is noteworthy because we're about to review (laughs) Sex and the City. (laughs) I didn't know you hadn't seen it at all. That's kind of cool. Oh, you didn't realize that? Yeah, I felt like it had to be one that you at least saw in passing because it's one of those where it's kind of hard to avoid it. Uh, No, because HBO was really inaccessible for a very long time. Mm, Before HBO Max hit the scene, um, I was going to do a little jingle there too, but I don't know what their little jingle is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, before HBO Max hit the scene, and finally you could access everything HBO that I'd missed for decades for $10. Still haven't seen The Sopranos. Maybe next week. (laughs) (laughs) We did make a a soft promise to do something like that. (laughs) Our friend, maybe now we could confidently say, and I say this in a a really respectful, appreciative way, um, maybe our biggest fan, Jimmy the Prince. Certainly our biggest supporter. Absolutely. Uh, Never sent us any hate mail, though. Yeah, what's that about? Dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shots fired. Uh. We ask for hate mail all the time. And all he does is um, take like a lot of effort to show us a lot of respect and affection. <laughs> and all we want is hate mail. <laughs> all we want is- you know, your mom had the idea. <laughs> she got it. Man, that woman loves me. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Riker. Assholes. <laughs> oh, that that still makes me laugh. <laughs> she keeps getting kicked off of Facebook. <laughs> for being offensive. <laughs> but on, honestly, I, she's obviously on a blacklist somewhere because it doesn't take any effort now to be kicked off of Facebook for her. Oh, man, I'd love that. Yeah, she just teeters even a little bit. She'd say, she'll say something like, men are dicks. Boom, bam, 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to up my game a little bit. I feel like I'm pretty offensive. Like, <laughs> So my friend Jeff Moore uh, reached out today and said, because she friended him mm-hmm. with her new Facebook account. Yeah. And said, uh, is this your mom's account? Is this a new account? Yeah, she sent, it, sent right. me a new one too. And I said, yes, she got she keeps getting banned. <laughs> and he said, so this is the uncensored one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, HBO Max, uh, their description, here's a new thing we're doing. That's the jingle that we do before we get to this new bit. Mm-hmm. Remember that jingle. Oh, shit. <laughs> Should have picked something easier to remember. <laughs> it's not very catchy. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Uh, okay. Uh, our new bit where we introduce the show by the description that the streaming platform we watched the show on gives us about the show an hbo max description of this particular pilot episode is no that's not it sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay here it is uh in the pilot episode of this hit comedy series 
Carrie and her friends vow to start having sex like men! Exclamation point. I was wondering why you were shouting at me. I didn't catch the exclamation point till I got to the second line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my bad. That's, yep. In the pilot episode of this comedy series, Carrie and her friends vow to start having sex like men. That's my 1960s announcer guy voice. Mm, yeah, spot on. Man, I'm having the time of my life. It's probably that dancing and that adrenaline surge. Yeah, I told you. It's fun stuff. <laughs> Endorphins. Endorphins. All right, so what do, what do we think of this? In this pilot episode of the hit comedy series, Carrie and her friends vow to start having sex like men. I mean, I feel like none of them vow to, right? Like, <laughs> she's the only one who takes it as like a, hey, let's try this as a weird exercise. Challenge accepted. No one else does it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so it's not accurate and it doesn't, it's not very helpful. Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, like, what does having sex like men mean? Do we, are we strapping on? Like, if I knew this was sex in the city and I didn't know that this was, you know, several mm-hmm. years back, I'd be like, oh, okay, so this one's about pegging, right? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> This disappointing missionary. <laughs> Not that missionary is disappointing, but... But it can be. That's, I think, what they're... I would take the point being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the episode's about. So, yeah, I think HBO Max has some of the worst descriptions on the whole. Every time I read it, it's like, okay, well, good thing it's a hit show. Not that that would have compelled anybody to want to watch it. Um, so... Uh, where do we begin? We begin with the genre. genre, yeah. The genre. Green card? The green card. <laughs> All right. What's your green card say? Mine says that it's a drama or comedy about sex and relationships that specifically kind of follows a group of women, but occasionally hits other people interview style. Uh, I said edgy adult comedy about sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. New York City vibes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the city is like a character in its own right. You're skipping to the first line of my character card. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, that's totally fine. It <laughs> it's, it's genre and character. Oh, yeah. your first line of your character card is New York City. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Introduced to us through Tim and Whatserface, the oh, gal yeah. from London, his favorite city of all time. London's my favorite city of all time. Oh, this is the worst line ever, like truly. Yeah, and for anybody who's been to London, you know that nobody's ever said that. Yeah. Just no, kidding, I've never been to London. <laughs> I mean, it's just a big city. Like, like all the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. Like there was, I mean, it's not bad, but. Sounds dirty. <laughs> it's stinky and crowded. Like all the other big cities I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. So uh, our genre, I will say, very close. Um, both of us even have the word sex and relationship in it. Good, yeah. And comedy. Yeah. And girls. I, right. No, I was going to say I missed a, a critical point, which is that it's told from a, uh, a female. decidedly female perspective. Yeah, very. And it does not necessarily always color men in the prettiest of lens, at least in this episode. I noticed. Um, I would not say, like, spoiling a little bit, I guess. I don't feel like that's always going to be the case. I feel like you start seeing women's crazy side a lot and the mindset that goes into that. <laughs> mm, inside the mind of crazy. Inside the mind of crazy, oh, yeah. I don't know. Do, would it be helpful to know or do I not want to know? I feel like I don't want to know. No, I think it's good to know. <laughs> okay. Understanding where Should somebody's mind goes. Yeah, no. Understanding where a girl's mind goes and then she comes up with the most crazy bullshit. Knowing the insecurities that go into that isn't the worst thing. That is helpful. Yeah. Uh, or I could see that being helpful. Yeah. You know, interesting, I don't know what this says about the show, but I did notice that for all of the effort to paint men in a negative light, being, you know, disrespectful to women, bad lovers, um, just general douchebags, most of the men in this show were not representative of that. Mm -mm. You had... Well, before we do that, before we get there, because we're venturing into characters now. We are, yeah. Did you pass the genre? I did, yep. I do too. I think uh, it had a unique, even today, even 20 years later, mm-hmm. it had a pretty unique um, voice that the uh, show was presented in, which was, of course, you know, interview style with little snippets throughout, mm-hmm. kind of aligned with her column. So Sex in the City, the title of the show, Sex in the City, the title of the first episode, mm-hmm. is the title of her column. Yeah, absolutely. She's a sexual anthropologist. I wrote that, yeah. You mean a hooker? <laughs> He's kind of like a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I want to make one point that I was on moving into, and then let's you know hit the 
the key characters. Yeah, let's do it. But I was I was starting no butts. I was starting <clears throat> to say that um, the one breast no butts. <laughs> um, that Skippy is the no. I'm sorry, Skipper. Skipper <laughs> but Johnson. Miranda keeps calling him Skippy. <laughs> yeah, I must have accidentally. Read, I did. I wrote Skippy. Um, uh, she, he is the sensitive, you know, website builder kind of nerdy guy. Uh, obviously scarred by high school traumas of girls not liking him. He's the very scared of girls type. He's even uh, affectionately referred to as a pussy. By, Affectionately, yeah. Yeah, Carrie Bradshaw, played by uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. So uh, Skibby here is, I guess we have a variety of guys, but, you know, there's there's several of them that don't fit this mold at all, that, that uh, you know, let's have sex like men and, and guys don't respect women. Yeah. And I don't know that that was really reconciled in this episode, that even though they're making this assertion about all men, uh, only about half of the men in the show represent that. How do you feel about that? No, absolutely. Yeah, only the ones that they're interviewing, and they're interviewing, like, really shitty dudes. Yeah, idiots. Idiots, yeah. But the actual guys that you get, um, I'd say two-thirds of them are pretty decent. Is that... Why? I mean, it, it, it runs contrary to the premise that they are establishing for us, and the premise in the column... Let's have sex like men mm-hmm. when most of them were, yeah, like most of the men aren't like that. Is that, does that seem like it's deliberate to you? Does it seem like? I think it's just their experience with men they've dated and women definitely generalize about men, like new, new news. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it funny that men will generalize about women? Then as soon as women generalize about men, we're like, fuck it. This is not fair. That's rude. We want to be loved and respected too. It's like, okay, well. Maybe we're all guilty of the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and it's, it is kind of nice to see how often, you know, their general generalizations are not correct. So, so the characters in the show, true to life, mm-hmm. make generalizations about the opposite sex. Yep. Um, and true to life, those generalizations are generalizations and not necessarily accurate. Mm-hmm. So it's not a weakness in the show's presentation of men. It is a strength. On the show's presentation of men and women. Can we say that? I believe so. feel that way? Okay. That's good to know. That's how I feel. Awesome. All right. Let's jump into it. Carrie Bradshaw. This is where we begin the show. New York City is where we begin the show. Fair enough. Which I really... So (laughs) that is how they introduced us. So I said, like, this is the first time watching it through that I felt like that's the first character we get. We get the weird relationship with two randos. We never meet them again. I wrote Tim's name down, but I didn't catch the girl's name. It's not important at all. Sasha. Is it Sasha? No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I would have believed it. For I'm the purposes like, of Pilots the Podcast? Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's it just kind of talks about like the typical, like it's just very casual. Like sex is casual. People aren't looking to get into relationships. I mean, granted, this is the generalization, but... Sasha was clearly thinking that this was love and this was it. And that was not the case. Um, and you made the excellent point that this is takes us right into the, the first, you know, examples we get for Carrie's column. Yeah, these guys are, I don't think, real people. Oh, yeah. Maybe no. she really had an experience with Sasha, who she met once at, I don't know, where's the big grocery store? Um, Bloomingdale's, um, Whole Foods. Um, Bloomingdale's, I think, is where you get clothes, not food. It Am is, I wrong? but uh, I don't know any grocery stores. <laughs> okay, I was like, I've never been into a Bloomingdale's. Ridley's, <laughs> Country Market. Um, small towns, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> New York, having never lost its folksiness. Uh, you know, Sasha and Tim, where we open the episode with, are, are just representations of her uh, column. Yeah. I think they are um, fictional. And she's telling a, she's making a point about, um, you know, the professional women in New York City that she ends her sort of monologue with, the opening monologue with all these women that pay their taxes, they go to their jobs, uh, and are all alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I thought it was, I thought it was a really weak opening for what a, what a classic show this is. Mm-hmm. I was not compelled at all. Like, here's two characters that you'll never see again that you're kind of only half interested in at first. Um, it didn't work for me. How about you? 
Um, I will say as, as a first watch through, I didn't like it, but obviously I found some charm in it because I'm realizing that that's how they're introducing New York and that this is, this is why it's sex in the city. Okay. That this is like the New York element, that this is, I don't know, the culture, I guess, around relationships in New York, that smaller towns probably don't have the same vibe. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, it's I, not as interesting as they could have been. Yeah. I don't sure. like it, it, but I don't have, I don't think it was necessarily bad. It yeah. just, it felt like. It felt like a rough draft that got the writer <laughs> through the sort of early beginning perfect word syndrome that keeps you from moving forward with the story you're trying to tell. Uh, it felt like he did the first draft. She probably, <laughs> he or she, did the first draft and kept going with it. Nobody ever came back to it and said, this is kind of a weak opener. But to your point, introduces the city. Uh introduces Carrie, uh, introduces Carrie's voice and perspective, most importantly. Yeah. And I think next, where do we go next? We go to um, the little interview snippets. Yeah, we do a lot of interview snippets. Um, I didn't write down a timeline this time, and perhaps I should have, but um, yeah, we do the interview snippets, which were introduced to Miranda. Like, she kind of seems like she's just one of the interviewees, which I thought was kind of weird, like, based on the fact that most of the people in the little snippets of interviews we get. More randos. We don't get, yeah, they're a bunch of randos. Um, Charlotte was in there, too, though. That's true. Um, and did Samantha get like a name card as well? No, she didn't. We didn't see her till later. That's weird. But like, she definitely said Samantha Jones. Did it not have like the, the text on the screen? Cause everyone else, it gave like name, unmarried woman, job title. You might be right. I think okay. I do remember seeing that, uh, Samantha Jones, PR executive, Samantha mm-hmm. Jones, uh, better known to the general public as Lieutenant Valeris from Star Trek six, the undiscovered country. Um, you're welcome for making the connection for you. I, I'm, I know I'm like, everybody you know was, her from something else? I know everybody was trying to place that face. Um, nope. <laughs> hard to recognize her without her pointed ears or her oh bald sideburns. Really? <laughs> yeah. Kim, Kim Cattrall? <laughs> I think kind of the early notable work that, that mm. uh, anybody would know her from is Star Trek Six. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. Crossovers we didn't even intend. Uh, or maybe you did. You're you welcome, knew. world. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, in those little snippets, you got you got some funny lines. You got that one douchebag guy who is so funny, the one who talks about the mid-30s power flip. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. I was kind of surprised with as funny as he was in there. Does he Is he a character in any of the rest of the show? Spoilers, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of am surprised he didn't say, that guy's funny, let's use him again. Like, let's sneak him into a lot of these little snippets and maybe never define who he is. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. But he talks about the mid 30s power flip, which is basically when women start uh, losing some of their sexual, um, you know, their sexual weapon of mass destruction that they have, and men find themselves with all the power for whatever reason he listed that. that there's desperation. They're, they're looking to settle down. They no right. longer have all the cards. And one guy mentions the look, you don't want to date a woman who's 35 years old and you need kids in a year. <laughs> which is sort of something I said six months ago. And and in my situation, still understand what I was saying, and I don't think I sounded nearly that douchebaggy. No, it wasn't douchey. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know what you want. That's good. That's good. Like uh, The also says, this. the one goofy guy in these snippets also says, the problem is that older women don't want to settle for what's available. <laughs> And then it goes to Miranda saying, why would I settle at this age? And Charlotte saying, uh, Charlotte, who we were introduced as saying, successful women tend to intimidate men. So if you want a man, if you want him, you just got to keep quiet and play by the rules. I hated that. Right? Cringe. (laughs) Such Such a waspy thing to say. What's a waspy? What does that mean? A wasp? Like wasp? It's like a... No, it's like a... Gosh, it's like a New York stereotype. It's like women who are born with like a religious background. Why are you making me define wasp? Have you really never heard of it? Because Cap- I don't know what it W-A-S-P. means. All right, then I'm going to have to look I know wop. Are you sure you don't mean wop? Yes, I'm absolutely positive. A woman who derives her power with her wop. <laughs> it's a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. 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 I'm pretty sure you're mispronouncing that. I'm not familiar. What's the definition? Prostitute. Wasp? 
No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, no. So they're upper class white American Protestants, usually of British descent. Um, usually they're just kind of the people who are too good for things, you know, like the mustache sound you make. That's very waspy. <laughs> yeah. It's waspy people. <laughs> These are the people you're referring to when you do this, basically. Oh. Mm, like yeah, old context. money, traditional, Those uh, um, like white collar elite. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she was very waspy. Very waspy. She understands her role and really doesn't mind not deviating from it because um, that's the way it goes and we're all millionaire Long Island families. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... It's kind of fun. So through the column, through Carrie's column, she has like very different women she gets to kind of get each perspective on. Uh, and, you know, Charlotte is the wasp, the waspy gal. She's prude and waspy. What's Miranda's thing? Um, she is fed up with men. Doesn't like cynical and fed up with them. She's not. Mm, I hate to say this. Everybody's going to understand what I mean, whether they like it or not. She's not sexy like the rest of the women are sexy. Correct. Okay, what is that in the show? What do you mean? What's her um, like box that we're fitting it, her into? Is she a professional woman? Yeah, up with she's men? a professional woman. Okay. Because yeah. so she, she's the lawyer. Okay. Oh, it's, she's smart. She's, she's smart. Homely and interesting. Homely and interesting. Her words, not yours. Right. Um, <laughs> No, I didn't even know what the word homely meant. Really? Um, yeah, of course I did. Um, so. <laughs> Fuck off. Man, you were on one today. Well, I danced for a minute earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a bit when, when they set her up on a date with poor Skippy. Poor Skippy. Um, who is in love because a woman's talking to him at all. Yeah. And uh, is kind of saying whatever he has to to connect with her. Actually, seeing her as a woman that he would want to connect with. Mm-hmm. So it's not far off that he would be interested in her. But she says, why does it need to be two boxes that women fit into? Permisc- uh, per- what is, is this it? Beautiful and boring? Beautiful and boring or homely and interesting? Yes. Those are the ones. Yeah. I also wrote down on my quote card, promiscuous and emotionally detached. But I think that was from a separate conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're settling with her. Is this fair to say across the show... I mean, I know she's a more complex character than this, but if you were talking to a dumb guy uh, who looked at somebody as Charlotte's a wasp, would Miranda be homely and interesting? Or am I over-evaluating that one line from that one scene? I would say cynical career woman. Perfect. She's very cynical, thinks that guys are just there to let you down. Like, she expects the worst in men. Okay. Um, Then we have... uh, we talked a little about Char- oh, Charlotte the Wasp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha. She's the type of woman, I think, as uh, Carrie describes that, how does she put it, that makes men like Ross Perot want to run for president. <laughs> I missed that line. That's hilarious. <laughs> she just has a way. She's just, she's cold and sexy and sexual, and uh, she's the one who really brings the premise, establishes the premise mm-hmm. of having sex like men. Yeah. Well, and she's the empowering sex one. There you go. She's very, like, you know, the very- o- exactly the opposite of, uh, of Charlotte. They're actually, like, completely at the opposite ends of the spectrum. That Charlotte is kind of prude, and she, you know, is very careful about who she has sex with. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, but she's like, oh, well, you know, if I have sex with him before this point, then he won't marry me. You know, mm-hmm. like she's in it to marry him. And Samantha on the other end of this is, oh, that was fun. Right. Well, she says to the guy, what's his name? Colonel Mustard. <laughs> C- Capote Duncan. So close. That Right. I was right on it. I was hovering. Um, <laughs> that Capote Duncan, uh, they go on a date. Uh, in the narration, we establish that Charlotte says later that she thought she played this night flawlessly. Mm-hmm. She, I think, obviously was ready to have sex with Capote, mm-hmm. Duncan, uh, willing and and looking forward to it. But yeah. she's more calculating than that. Absolutely. Right? So she's got to show 
especially in her more traditionalness. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm a nice girl that you need to come woo me a little bit. Exactly. Like, love to have sex with you tonight, but I can't do that because I'm not going to achieve my ultimate goal of either, of making this a more serious thing. Definitely. And then they go down to the taxi. Mm-hmm. He says, I get it, totally. No problem, I'll call you a cab. Really respectful, actually. It seems yeah. like, you know, he's putting the moves on her. She politely declines. He politely establishes that he understands that. They go into the taxi. He realizes she's kind of on the way of the direction he might want to go. He hops in, and he's going to Chaos, the club where all the other girls are at that night, Mm -hmm. and says, what's the line? He says, "Uh, I understand where you're coming from, and I totally respect it, but I really need to have sex tonight. Yeah, it made me cringe. (laughs) It's just like, oh, gross. Gross. The theme, I feel like, with all the douchebag guys, though, and to the show's credit in their characterization of men and women, and let's say we're going to turn the volume up on, you know, extreme sort of wackiness because it is a comedy. Absolutely. Um, the men and the women just seem to speak different languages. Yeah. Because douchebag guy, number one, the one that uh, um, Carrie had gone out with a couple times in the past, who's always hitting it and quitting it. You okay? Yeah, just I saw boobs on your signature page. No, they're eyeballs. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You see how I'd get confused. I'm like, am I looking at nipples? Like, what is this? Sorry, I got very distracted. (laughs) Continue. You're kind of cartoon eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) Bling, bling. Well, that's good. They were very sad-looking nipples. Oh, the worst. (laughs) Disgusting. So they're just sort of lazy eyes. Lazy Lazy eyes versus sloppy tits. Would you rather? Wow, I don't like that. I wouldn't want either. Those are both really bad. How about one of each? Ooh, interesting. <laughs> the big and the little. One's always looking at you and one isn't. <laughs> both sides. <laughs> Introvert and extrovert. Oh. Um, <laughs> so this is the douchebag guy who looks like like a Walmart great value version of Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. With the spiky hair that she meets at the cafe, Aww, and then they oh, and gonna... then they have their their nookie. Yeah, <laughs> nookie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I know it. Yeah, I just wrote is, dickhead yeah. on the thing. No, not who I'm talking about. Not what I'm talking about. Who? Yeah, yeah, I know, but not based on your description. <laughs> Hugh Grant's wonderful. Sorry, Hugh. He didn't mean it. And that guy, he says to her later when they run into each other at chaos, this is the one where he goes down on her, puts in tremendous effort, I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah, bravo. Based on, you know, what I know about the world. And uh, <laughs> they get to the end. She says, sorry, got to go. He goes, but it's my turn. So he sees her at the club later and says, "You find, like, I'm so pleased to see that you finally understand the kind of relationship that I want to have, which is sex with no strings attached. So between that and um, Colonel Cunningham, Mr. Mustard, Capote Duncan, between him saying that and Capote saying, hey, sorry, really dig you, totally respect you, Mm -hmm. uh, but I need to get laid tonight. I feel like the show is establishing that, wow, these guys and these women speak completely different languages. Like they're even upfront about what they want. And the women are like, like, I don't get this. Are you you kidding me? Feels like that's going to be a central theme. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry. We were talking about Samantha, who mm-hmm. after uh, Capote goes to the club, Chaos, mm. the girl he takes back with him is Samantha. Samantha. So I assume that's going to get muddy later between her and Charlotte. Um, assume away if you'd like. Oh, okay. Do you want me to actually say? No, I don't know. Anything okay. noteworthy on it? I guess I'm just turning to you for feedback on um, oh, I mean, I think some, I, I think that Charlotte was kind of over it when he was, go, you know, he's okay. not marrying material. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is what Charlotte's out for. She doesn't, she doesn't make accommodations for that bullshit. If he doesn't look like he'd be like the perfect father for her future kids, like, hello. Mm-hmm. For future little road. gnats or whatever wasp babies are called. Oh, I'm like, I don't understand what we're doing here. Thank you for qualifying <laughs> we're that. We're stretching. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she played the night flawlessly I took that differently So now I'm thinking She she said she played the night flawlessly And still realizes this guy's a douchebag Not mm-hmm. worth my time Yeah I played it flawlessly And he blew it No he blew it absolutely But I, I definitely wouldn't I would not think that after that She would be hung up on him That she'd be like ah 
Oh yeah, I didn't know. Okay. I wondered if that was going to be an entanglement with her and um, and uh, Lieutenant Valeris. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's missing the point. But did you take uh, Samantha's response to him saying, "Hey, before we do that, like before we bang, I got to get up early tomorrow," mm-hmm. which is why I was at a club till two a.m. Uh, I I, I got to get up early, so you're not going to stay the night, right? And she goes, "Yeah, I got to get up early too." I felt like she was not pleased with having been outmaneuvered. I felt like she appeared outmaneuvered there. Oh, like the power struggle? Mm, I didn't catch that. I would believe that of her because she likes to have the power in sex, but Mm -hmm. I think she also really likes the idea of sex with no strings attached. She is very anti-relationships. Good with that. I kind of felt like... It was just the expression she gave was not, yeah, dude, sweet. I'm all yeah, about that. that's true. It struck me more like um, I was already not going to stay. And now you're going to think the reason I'm not staying is because you asked me to leave. And you're not realizing that I'm the one who's walking away from you because you're the one who doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, you're fired. No, I quit. Yeah. yeah. Um. Not, not necessarily. We're just going off of her expression there, though. Yeah. So that's not. No, I think that that's yeah. Okay. I could I could see why you would see that. They don't expand on that much, if any at all. Like all right. the there is some episodic, you know, flavor with this. That each week it's a new top sex topic. So while the characters go on, they continue it, to do their things. They're. I wouldn't have expected that Capote was a regular, yeah. but I would expect that he's recurring. Okay. Yeah, you could. I feel like we could shed light on that. Uh, no. No, he's not recurring. Not recurring. Oh, so he was just one. He was episodic. He was. Yep. Uh, he's one and done. Okay, he's like Seinfeld's, you know, girlfriend that week. Mm-hmm, exactly. Interesting. Well, that uh, wouldn't have been clear to me in the pilot. Yeah. Uh, but that does. That's. Will not affect my scoring, but that's noteworthy to me for yeah, some reason. Yeah, you'll have to see that dig bag again if you want to keep watching. Yeah, if you want to see him again, just keep watching the pilot on HBO Max. Bring Or however our jingle goes for that. <laughs> just make up a different one every time. Bring. <laughs> okay, who else do we need to hit on? Um, Stanford, we got briefly. Um, he is Carrie's gay best friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just has a different take on men, of course, that has no relevance to her because he has commentary that could be helpful if, you know, but she's talking about straight men and he's talking about gay relevant. men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. He, yeah. Because he, he had, he's almost like, not, he's comic relief mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. There's a little bit, it's a little more sophisticated than that. Yeah. We're at a time in history where, you know, gay men on television having a voice mm-hmm. and having it be a specifically gay voice from a historic perspective was probably pretty significant. Oh, yeah. It, we're so. in New York City, right? It's probably something at the time that, you know, if it's, if you're not, if, uh, Gay wasn't something that was really out there in in media, Mm -hmm. which I would say uh, this is like pre uh, Will and Grace, right? So probably yeah, either pre or right around the same time. Right around the same time, I think. Um, So that was probably a pretty unique character to have in a TV show at the time. Um, And while I feel like his character is is really just there to deliver a gay perspective um, from a historic sense, uh, I think probably. That was pretty noteworthy. Mm-hmm. So to have him there with a unique voice at all probably, you know, was probably saying more about. Um, it was, there was probably a broader social commentary going on than just what was Definitely. going on in the show. Absolutely, I yeah. would agree. So then we make it amusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, you know, is there in the scene when she sees her ex-boyfriend, who you said is. Hugh Grant, poor man's Hugh Grant. Is no, that I said it's the Walmart great value version of Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Like it looks fine in the packaging, man's. but when you take it out, it's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Why did I save a dollar? Let me go back and spend another six. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but he he definitely was, uh, you know, 
the voice telling her, don't do it. You know this path is no good and leads only to disappointment, basically. And she immediately does the opposite thing. Immediately does the opposite. And he says, what does he say? Something like, seriously? Like, you're crazy. You're really going down that road? <laughs> and then I feel like by the time she is face-to-face with um, great value Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. that uh, at the club, mm-hmm. she wasn't thrilled with herself for having made that decision. Absolutely. Yeah, the, it turns out Stanford might have been on to something there. Right. So um, Carrie's character, having put everybody else in a box, Carrie has a, I don't know, not, you know, girl next door is not an appropriate description. for. Yeah, a, she's a little elevated from that, though. For a, I was going to say for a New York City story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, she's the audience surrogate. Uh, clearly, I mean, it's told through her voice. Absolutely. And I think maybe then is the most accessible because she's perhaps the least defined by the category that we put her in. So in this kind of sexual journey she's on and throughout the show, um, the experiences of her... Well, let me... I could be more concise by getting into Mr. Big. Let's okay. talk about Mr. Big. Let's get to Big. Played by Chris Knopf, who is handsome. Very handsome. Mm. As an adult, I can really appreciate this. When I first watched this, it's not really an adult. I really didn't get it, but man, I sure get it. I appreciate that this show, <laughs> like, there's a man. Yeah. Like, who's actually a man. It's not one of these douchebag guys. Like, there's a respectable man. Classy as fuck. Yeah, who provides a gravity and a um, and a kind of quiet strength yes absolutely and he's not uh impressed by samantha yeah like mm-hmm. he's a guy who who is uh on pace to find and acquire what he wants and it will be a thing of high quality mm-hmm. and carrie bradshaw catches his attention yeah they had a nice little meet cute where she dropped her purse and out came like a little flapper of uh condoms <laughs> um so the so there's a yeah the meet cute there is him again at the club mm-hmm. um with samantha hitting on him yep is she the one who said he's the well he's the next donald trump yes. uh being you know real estate very successful real estate mm-hmm. developer in new york city next up and comer which warrants the name mr big Oh, that's what, that his name's not Mr. Big. I actually, until I looked him up today, I did not know what the character's name was. I just put two G's on the end of it, thinking it was something like an Ellis Island that didn't get big, B-I-G-H. <laughs> you know, the reason I looked it up before we recorded is I always wondered, like, if, you're, if your show is called Sex in the City and your main, at least in this episode, the main dude is Mr. Big, wouldn't you think that's a sex thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that just me? <laughs> Good thing HBO Max writes horrible descriptions. So you'll never see HBO Max. Mr. Big and Carrie hit the town. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's a Skinamax thing. I didn't know HBO Max used to do that. <laughs> HBO Max XXXX. Uh, so he says to her, and I think this is the most critical moment in the episode. Mm-hmm. Where she's telling him that she's a sexual anthropologist. And uh-huh. he says, is that like a prostitute? She says, no, I write a a, uh, a column called Sex in the City, and I'm currently researching women who have sex like men. Uh-huh. Ah, that brings me to my comment card. And he yeah. says, what does that mean? And she says, uh, promiscuous. Ah, maybe this wasn't the one. But basically, women who promiscuous are promiscuous and, no and emotionally detached. Yeah, absolutely. And, and she says... And he goes, yeah, I can't relate to that at all or whatever. Yeah, he not says, a drop of that in me. Not even half a drop. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, what's wrong with you? And uh, he says, oh, I get it. You've never been in love. And it wrecks her world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Changes her completely. Called her on her bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was good. That was a really, like, if you didn't absolutely love Big because you're not a woman, an adult woman, uh, <laughs> then you loved him for that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You loved him because he's the kind of man that a man would like to be. Yeah, that's a good point. He's unshakably confident. Mm-hmm. He's uh, accomplishes what he seeks to accomplish. Um, and requiring attention from 
desperate women, any kind of women. It's not important to him. Yeah. Uh, now, he, and I even think to your point, I, now I'm understanding what I think you were saying about he, I can't remember what you said, but he kind of elevates the show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, do you remember what you said? Because I feel no. like you've said it a couple of times. Well, in in that last moment, mm-hmm. he uh, radically shifts the direction of a show that would otherwise be a pretty shallow concept. Yeah. Where she's just out to fuck around. Uh, is not actually, it doesn't appear that she's the personality type who finds much value in going out to fuck around. Yeah. But prefers to be fucking around over getting fucked over. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is strengthening for her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but in this moment where he calls her out saying, okay, you're just, you've just you never been in love, like, mm-hmm. like uh, kind of says, well, this is sort of a shallow way that you're looking at things. Yeah. And it's because you don't have enough, you know, worldview yet mm-hmm. for to offer a more interesting perspective. She says, oh, I, basically that's the moment she just falls for him, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, at first she has the uh, self-deprecating thought. You know, like, she's like, I just want to go home, crawl into bed, and go to sleep. Yeah. Like, she wants to be done. Exactly. So she felt really just called out on her bullshit. Mm. I mean, like, naked, I guess. Very vulnerable in that moment. I don't think understood that herself. Yeah. I think that was the moment she understood what she was really after here, which was not a sexual power shift, but she was after love. 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 <laughs> uh, and uh, before he drives off in his limo, she says, "Have you ever been in love before?" And he says, "Absolutely." Yeah. I expected like a baby out of that. Like, Absolutely, baby. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Too cheesy for Mr. Big. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a class act. Yeah. Uh, so, the premise of the show, mm-hmm. which rests on, um, well. Tell you what, I think we just got through all the characters. We did. I'm going to say with an asterisk here, I think they presented characters that were sufficiently interesting. Okay. um, And established kind of their personas, their their archetypal categories. Yeah. I would say that that's a pass if I'm looking at the uh, pilot just raw with no other knowledge about the show. Yes. Having... Never seen the show and having heard about the show my whole life since I was eight years old. Uh, I'm a little surprised how little the core women mm-hmm. associated in this. Yeah, I feel like it's the least they ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally there's at least one session where they're all at like a, you know, a restaurant having breakfast or something together. And then they're kind of all, here's here's my relationship problems. Let's dump it out, you know, like like a messy purse yeah. and let's pick it apart. You get the sense that of the four core women, Carrie knows everybody. And the other three might be familiar with each other, but don't know each other that well. That's the sense that I got. Yeah. Or at the very least, that they're not all friends. Uh, and certainly that the four of them aren't a squad. Oh, that's a good point. They didn't show the squadity of them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely a swing and a miss, I guess, or just a well, missed opportunity. Just, just an interesting point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, like I said, I think the characters were interesting enough to say that was a pass. Definitely. Um, it, if we're just scoring it on the pilot, which we are. Yep, um, that's the game we play. That's every the week. game we play. Sometimes twice a week. <laughs> but you only get one. Yeah, you and I. <laughs> Not the viewing audience. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't I don't think it was, in the end, knowing what I know about the rest of the show, which is not much but enough um, to make this comment, I think. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, I think that uh, it wasn't. I think they would have been better off. I think I would have given it a more solid. I would have been more excited about the characters Mm -hmm. if I understood how they all interacted. That's a good point. I feel like they very easily could have cut the whole thing with Tim and what did we decide her name was? Sasha. Sasha. I was going to say Shayna. Anyway. Mm. um, What's it matter? (laughs) Yeah. But you keep (laughs) saying uh, Sasha with such conviction that I'm like, that's the right name. Right. Um, Anyway, we could have done away with that. (laughs) 
we could have done away with those two and focused on just the dynamic between the girls. It could have been their classic breakfast and something appalling is said and then she goes into our narrative you know and starts comparing the, like it just it's surprising definitely that she picks two strangers and then does not bring the women together for like a round table and then introduces all the women as though they are irrelevant randos that might just be popping in for you know a scene yeah absolutely you have yeah. no idea if they have staying power I'm going to revise. No, I am. I'm going to revise my score because I'm I'm scoring this based on understand this being my first introduction mm-hmm. to the women that I've seen forever. I thought that the um, uh, establishing the characters yeah. for us as an audience was successful for Carrie, was successful for Mr. Big, who is a compelling character, but yes. not one that you necessarily think you're going to see a lot more of, mm-hmm. um, certainly as much as you know the audience did. I think that this was one of the worst uh, demonstrations of the characters. What do we call it? Establishment of the characters. Establishment is actually a word if you'd like. Establishment sing of the characters. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Establishing. Of all the pilots we've seen, Sex in the City did the poorest job of establishing our characters for us. Actually, I will say that. Yeah, I don't know. By the end of this, I, I, uh, I don't really understand. Like, I'm not interested in most of the men. I'm hoping we don't see most of them again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and the women, like Miranda, seems like just like a like a period at the end of a sentence. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you don't get enough on them. Their um, dynamic as a squad, as you put it, is actually one of the more compelling parts of the show. So definitely um, demerits for not not doing better, man. Yeah, the thing the show is famous for is not here at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I do feel like, aside from how they interact with each other, though, um, you do get a lot of each individual person and their perspective on men. Yeah, for the totally. women. So at least there's that context and you have, you know, that insight into them, but definitely not how they interact, which makes them less whole characters. Totally. So, yeah, I think you might be right there. Because Well, and you don't know how everybody can, when you open the show with something totally irrelevant, mm-hmm. um, you sneak the main characters in there like you want to keep it secret who we're supposed to keep our eye on. Yeah. Uh, you throw in with the randos. Mm-hmm. Miranda is put against the mm, goofy guy that, it, you know, women, uh, older women just need to settle for what's right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, the 30s, the mid 30s power flip. Like, I want more of that guy, mm-hmm. and I'm expecting to see him show up in the episode, uh, and less of Miranda, who didn't offer much in that thing compared to. And I'm just making a. Yeah. Not a big criticism of her or the writing or, or anything. But that guy upstaged her. Let me put it that way. Yeah, She absolutely. was so totally upstaged. And then who are we looking at? And then why are we still on her? And where is that guy? That's a fair point. Well, I'm glad we got to work that one out. Because <laughs> it was going to bother you. Sure seems like I made a knee-jerk reaction on saying everybody was, eh, fine. Yeah. Yeah, we don't rehearse before we record. Yep, coming to you live. Fuck it. <laughs> We're doing it live. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. The amount of times I say that, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> it makes me laugh. No, so right. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> it's so bad and yet so funny. All right. So having failed the characters on my part, uh, do you fail or pass? Yeah, I'd say that's a fail. You've, you've compelled me. We don't have to agree by any means, so I'd like to state that for the sake of the rules. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you win. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah. That's the first time I feel like that's something like, that's a really, this is a really edgy episode. Man. Yeah. You put sex in the title and who knows. <laughs> plot. What do we expect? Based on the pilot, what is this telling us about the plot that we should expect? For the rest of the series. We're going to keep addressing conversations women have about sex and relationships. Uh, just as Carrie, who is never... Oh, do you pass it? Oh, um, I mean, yeah, definitely. That is a pretty concise uh, demonstration of what we can expect. Uh, I wrote here on my purple plot card, Just as Carrie, who has never been in love, 
commits herself to a philosophy of having sex like a man, exclamation point, emotionless and impersonal, she finds Mr. Big, who may actually be Mr. Right, disrupting the original premise of her column in her liberating new philosophy. Uh, her friends slash associates perspective will run parallel and perpendicular to hers, creating the plots of future episodes. Did you write that or did you look that up? I wrote that as fuck. Wow, that's... Close enough? No, it's good. Mm. It almost sounds like you didn't write it. Did someone write it for you? I wrote it! <laughs> okay, fuck fine. it, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Uh, all right, so you give that a pass? Hell no, I wrote it better than that. Yeah, I did, totally. Yeah, no, no, I do. I, so I, I got to be honest, I wasn't that interested until the, and I honestly really tried to be interested. I don't mean to sound like a stereotypical guy saying yeah. sex with the city's a girl show. Yeah. And frankly, maybe it is. Maybe. Um, but uh, I, I really just wasn't that interested in it, mostly because I love the character establish, establishmenting, establishing of, the establishing of the characters. Ah, nailed it. I really appreciate that you keep trying to invent real words where <laughs> the real words are right there underneath all of the extra ishings and whatever you the word cells you keep adding to the end. I'm feeling a little dehydrated. Oh. Um, Would you like a Coca-Cola? <laughs> no, that'll make a huge mess. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, it exploded as she opened it. No reason. It sat there for like 20 minutes. Too. Yeah, I did nothing to it. Mm-hmm. That's so you. <laughs> it felt like a perfect metaphor for my day, honestly. <laughs> oh, for your life. Fuck off. <laughs> I was walking along, minding my business, and then something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, I was not that interested because I didn't have any characters to grip onto, or mm-hmm. enough characters to grip onto, sure. I think, uh, until the bit with Mr. Big at the end. Mr. Big. Señor... Grande. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, was I hooked? If I were watching this by choice, <laughs> no, not for work, you know? Yeah, of course. If I were sitting down to watch this just because I was interested, I don't think I would have watched a second episode. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I get that. Do you? I do, nice. yeah. Um, you have to have a girlfriend that makes you watch it, and then like so you've watched right? a season, and then you're like, oh my God, you watched an episode without me? This is how this happens. Take, Give it a couple episodes. <laughs> so what you're saying is give it a couple episodes. Yeah, if you need to. If there was a hook for me, it was Mr. Big at the end, and yeah. it was that line. It was, ah, oh, I get it. You've never been in love before. Yeah. Making me realize, oh, the premise that they've provided us the entire time um, is not really what the story's about. Yeah. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what do we call that? The subversion of expectations? Exactly. The, ex- the subversion of expectations. <laughs> Glad I just came up with that. Yeah, was, no one's ever said that before. <laughs> was compelling. It was, yeah. Was it sufficiently compelling? Mm, I don't know. I I didn't think it was that great of an episode. Between the, the opener with Sasha and Tim uh, and a muddled, you know, introduction to the characters, I, I, I wasn't hooked, but for me that would have been the hook. Yeah, I think you're right. That, that moment would have been the one that hooked me. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. I was excited about it the first time I watched it, um, mainly because it's women having conversations about sex, which around the time that I started watching it even, um, which was definitely long after it aired, um, it still was really weird for women to be talking about sex on TV without it being kind of, you know, frowned upon, it being slut-shamed, whatever. So it was, I don't know, I think the fact that they could speak so candidly about sex was really exciting. Um, I, I feel like they had the very least of that in this episode, though. Mm. So, I mean, I, I think you might be wi- right. The, the pilot has a weak hook, and I would this would be one where I'm like, just give it a season. You would love it, though. Cool. <laughs> but you cannot see Carrie as the hero of the story. You just can't. You will hate it if you think she is the hero. No, Mr. Big's the hero of the Mr. story. Mr. Big? Oh, okay, he's flawed also. Well, uh, who, who I don't isn't? know. Going through this watch through, I'm like... Man, I used to think I was Team Carrie, but man, Team Big, he's a simple dude. 
He just, he has simple wants and needs and he's just, he's bad at expressing it. That's the thing. Same with her though. She just kind of mind games. And that seems oh, to be the thing the with crazy girl. The crazy ah. girl thing. It's the, um, you've created, she, it's the perfect demonstration of women create this crazy narrative in their head. And I say crazy in like a, obviously not mentally ill in a sense. casual way. Yeah, just casually throwing out the C word, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, you know, they kind of, you get obsessive and like fixate on something and then you spin your own meaning for this thing. And it's like, no, it, I went to bed because I was tired, not because I think you're unattractive because you farted in the same room as me. Like, that's not what's going on. Yeah, I just felt comfortable enough to go to bed without making a big show out of it since you were comfortable enough to fart in front of me. Absolutely. You sick fucker. <laughs> but no, like you really get to see her spiral. And it's funny because Taylor watches it and he's like, God, she's the worst. And I'm like, I know she is, but. I've been there, I know. <laughs> but I've been there, I know, exactly. It's like, oh man, like I really want to call her out on it, but been there. But that's why the show's great. It is. It's very relatable. And not why the pilot's great. Absolutely. It's a so, good point. Yeah. So for our purposes, uh, and what we do is score pilots on the merit of the pilot alone, uh, <laughs> and we're agreeing here that this was an unsuccessful pilot. Yeah. Interesting. Actually, yeah. very interesting for what a uh, historically noteworthy show this is, for what a giant hit that it turned into, uh, to look back and say, hmm, you know. Pilot just wasn't that good. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it is such a good show that it is getting a reboot. I think they're getting another movie. No Kim Cattrall as we went no. through the... Oh, we sorry, should probably mention that the reason we landed on <laughs> Sex in the City this week is that for our last week's episode, we ended up doing a, like, what, an hour deep dive on why... We were so far <laughs> behind. <laughs> it was hilarious on why uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall hate each other and why... Samantha will not be a part of the movies. In the words of Kim Cattrall, uh, who you all know as Lieutenant Valeras. Samantha. Um, who? Samantha. Oh, from this show. I hate yes. you. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you want to know more about that, it's all on Google. <laughs> uh, but I think it, the, the third movie didn't take, and they're doing a series instead. Yeah, they're a doing... A series revival. So there's not going to be a Sex in the City 3 right. movie. It's going to be a new series, which is why we decided to do this now. And we will treat the revival as a uh, new pilot Ooh. Uh, when it comes out. Man, I think that one's going to fail, too, because because it's got such a fandom behind it that there are going to be too many nods to the original fan base. And mm. it's not going to be... I feel like you're not going to find it welcoming to new fans. You think it's going to be Sex in the City Season 7? Or know. Sex and City The Revival Season 1? Oh, I think it'll be like a season seven sort of thing. I think it'll be, it would be weird if they just rebooted like nothing happened, you know? So I think that they would, it would be a season seven. Uh, well, I don't know that it needs to be a reboot as nothing happened, but is it, yeah, I don't know. In the modern age of TV that we live in, it's like, is, is there gold to prospect in this piece of intellectual property? Then let's do it. Uh, and then they can package it however they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that since it's a new era, mm -hmm. we can treat it as a new pilot. That's fair. No, 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 for sure. I just, I, my prediction is that you will have the same problem yeah. with it that you had with Serenity, the movie. Uh, interesting. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I hear you there. Uh, another thing we need to note, uh, which now I'm wishing that we had done this at the top of the show, uh, Jessica Walter passed away as of the day that we're recording this, which is March 25th. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Walter from... I think most of us, certainly most people in our you know age demo, know her as the mom from Arrested Development, uh, and Lucille, that is Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development, and Archer's mom, the voice of Archer's mom, and Archer, Mallory Archer, Mallory Archer, yeah. uh, which is you know, we are not historians on the show, we don't have the, uh, the you know enough resources to make sure we fact check her career, so we'll leave. Other people to do that better than IMDb we can. IMDb does it better than anyone, man. Yeah. So they might be the authority on it, in fact. But we wanted to honor her the best we can with our limited means and just draw attention to it here and uh, note that we were both so very disappointed to read that today because she was uh, just a classic. Absolutely. And hysterically funny. Yeah, so funny. Mm -hmm. So shame she's not with us anymore. I read 80 years old, so uh, 
I'll leave others to interpret that, but uh, seems like she probably had an interesting life yeah. with um, a noteworthy career. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, all right, where do we go from here? Um. Well, first, let me take a moment to say, hey guys, come check us out on Instagram at Pilots the Podcast. We got the full name, damn it! At yeah. Pilots the Podcast is our handle. Please go check us out. That's at. Pilots, the podcast. <laughs> and by at, we mean A with the little curly tail. Pilots, the podcast. Does that not have like a name? Uh, I, the like at symbol, I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> ampersand has, well, no, I, I know <laughs> no, that's you're not, right. That's hilarious. It's got its own word. Yeah, I don't know what it is, you know? No, you don't. That's why we're talking about it. Fucking duh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quizzing wasn't a you. Wasn't question. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do that. You never know. I don't know. But when you write hate mail to us, please include the definition of that. Because as you know, we don't do any research. <laughs> I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. <laughs>